0: Hello, I'm Jason Barnett.
1: And I'm Amy Haywood.
0: And we welcome you to the Destiny is All podcast, a show dedicated to discussing the Netflix original series, The Last Kingdom, a podcast that begins each episode analyzing all things Dane and Saxon, but usually ends up with me helping Amy make better life choices.
1: (laughs) That is all true. But more importantly, the Destiny is All podcast is a place where we discuss topics like loyalty, fearless warriors, what awesome leadership looks like when life is really hard, And ultimately, how face tattoos should totally be the next big trend.
0: Life choices, Amy. But if you're here to share a pint of ale, brew with a little encouragement and laughter, you're in the right place. This is the Destiny Is All podcast. Welcome to episode four of the destiny is all podcast. I'm Jason Barnett and this is the lover of all baths taken in frigid winter streams, Amy Haywood. I don't even
1: know. I'm going to have to start requesting that you send me your proposed introduction before you say it. What did you just say? Lover of what?
0: The lover of all baths taken in frigid winter streams. I thought that that was appropriate for episode four since we've got Utrid taking a bath in a winter stream and a new character that we'll talk about. Like just all kinds of frigid stream bath taking.
1: <laughs> okay. That gives me a little better context. I know what you're talking about. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy. I hate cold water. I don't get in a pool until at least august
0: that doesn't seem like it fits with your love of utrid and the baths that he takes in the water
1: he does he he is often actually you know what this is true he does this is the first time we see utrid or i think it is what's a fully ungarbed <laughs> <We> <laughs> no don't, that no.
0: sounds that sounds unintelligent, <laughs> and you're better than that. Here's what we're going to do.
1: I am going to, conversation.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go back to just making up random compliments about you, such as your ability to create fantastic cooter boards. Maybe even let's, let's promote your website, amyhaywood.com, for all of your art needs. I feel like this went off the rails really quickly because I tried to take some feedback and apply it to future episodes.
1: Okay. Hold on. I do have something to say about bathing in frigid waters. Okay. For whatever reason, I have not thought about this in at least 10 years. The first time I tried to surprise Kevin with a trip.
0: Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Oh nope. I thought you told me this was not an explicit I, podcast. No.
1: That's not where this is going. We talked a lot about teaching last episode. I was still teaching. This is when we did not have children yet. I was still teaching. And so I had very limited, outside of summer, I had very limited Time to take off. And it was, this was maybe the first or second year that we were married. (laughs) It was his birthday. And I tried to plan, this was the first and last trip that I tried to plan that was secret. I think this was our first year because I think I remember it was when we still lived in the apartment. We were only in the apartment for one year. I tried to plan a surprise trip for him to a city that I think I will not name. I think I will not name
0: it. Maybe they'll sponsor us and get us to send us back.
1: It's a city that we really love visiting. And I thought it would be really cool to do. And also, we were poor. And so we, I mean, relatively You were teaching, so enough said. Right, right. I thought it would be really cool to take a trip to a hot spring.
0: Hot springs where the water is warm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But they called them – they said they were like these natural (laughs) –
0: Springs that are hot.
1: Except what I'm trying to say is that basically it was like a bunch of hot tubs with a flimsy kind of divider in between each
0: one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: I remember as soon as we got there, the waiting room was around a fire pit. I'm not making this up. Kevin was trying to be so gracious.
0: <laughs> He's very social, so I'm sure that he oh, hit it off he, early. Oh,
1: he loves a good story. And he can make the best out of anything. But he can also read me like a book. So he sees that I'm mortified. I'm trying to figure out what I have signed us up for. And then they come and call us and they take us to the hot spring hot tub. And I... <laughs> never forget the lady says she says before she leaves now keep in mind we're we're a solid 15 feet away from the next natural air quotes natural hot spring she goes i don't want you to worry they're drained before and after every
0: (laughs) gosh oh dear gracious
1: busted out laughing. I think this was first year of marriage. Anyways, I haven't planned any vacations since then.
0: Oh, dear gracious. So
1: aren't you glad that you talked about bathing and frigid waters? This was not frigid. But I will say hot. That's an exaggeration. Hot springs. It was lukewarm at best, which is even more disgusting.
0: I have a distinct fear of hot tubs or hot springs for the very reason that that lady said at the very end. Like I don't need water to be drained before or after or refilled. Like just I'm a I'm a one bath kind of person and just then let it go.
1: This reminds me of Jim Gaffigan. What does he say about taking baths? <laughs> now I'm combining Seinfeld and Gaffigan.
0: Oh dear gracious. We need to move on and move away because there's so many things that I don't want to get into and That is definitely one of them.
1: And so many things that I do want to get into, like my loathing for several new characters in episode four, but we should recap first.
0: So let us I was going to say, let's go ahead. Before you get extremely upset about so many things, how about you go ahead, remind us what happened in episode three before we get to episode four.
1: Let's do this really quickly because I am very excited about where we are in this podcast because for me, I think... Around episode four, this is when I was all in. I was in a little bit episode one, two, and three. I mean, I was in a lot.
0: I feel like if you go back to the tapes, I think that I told you, one, when I started watching this and told you that you should watch this, that it was going to be after episode three. And then at the beginning of this podcast, I said that it was going to be after episode three. You're right. Like, let's get through episode three because there's so much stuff that's going to be happening now in episode four.
1: Okay, so just a quick summary. Actually, it's I feel like it's the same summary every time. Uhtred is still struggling, right? He's still struggling with is he going to brace the fact that he's a he's a Dane? He was raised by Vikings. Is he going to go that route, or is he going to continue to? fight for his land and his wealth and go back to Bember and his Saxon heritage. So he's still wrestling that thing out, right?
0: Absolutely. Like this is, this is three episodes in a row now, basically. So yeah, yeah. you could have stopped there. It's good.
1: Right. Different, different things. Nope.
0: Stop right there. If this next statement doesn't have anything to do with Leo I'm just going to go ahead and leave the microphone because seriously, can we just get to the part of episode four where Leo Fritch is basically me guiding you. You can I be Utrid in this. You I can be Utrid in this.
1: I thought you were always Finnin'.
0: I am always Finnin', but deep down inside, I truly am Leo Fritch, who is trying to help guide you. You can be Utrid. That's fine. You know
1: what? You know what? I am glad you said this. I don't wanna be Utrid. I'm not always Uhtred. I wanna be a little bit of all of them. You can't be. From last episode, I wanna be Brita. I want to be her, but I don't want to be here for long because she goes, she loses her mind. But I, I like Brita in last episode. I'm not seeing you as Finnin. Jason, you're- um- I'm not
0: Finnin' right now. I am Leo Fritch. I am trying to help you understand so many things that are so important to you and your family. For instance, I need you to understand that it bothered me when you told me the other day that you had never watched- Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby with your family.
1: (laughs) Okay, Hold on.
0: And I'm not talking about the made for TV version. I mean, the unedited version.
1: I mean, is this going to be a podcast about why I'm a better parent than you?
0: The fact is, is that you watched that with your children before I did. However,
1: I did not. That is a lie.
0: I promise you. That is a lie. My children have never seen that.
1: I don't believe you. You can quote the movie. How is that possible?
0: I do a lot of things in my free time that my family is not aware of. This podcast is probably one of them.
1: <laughs> Why don't we just tell them?
0: Exactly. They know. They just know that it happens at a point, probably, usually when they're asleep. That's usually when all of this goes down.
1: Talladega Nights, we watched it. We did. We watched the clean version. <laughs> is there a clean
0: version? It's the worst.
1: <laughs> what? Because it's not, you're
0: not getting the true vision that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley had for that cinematic masterpiece.
1: We're back to Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Oh my gosh. Why is this a theme in our lives?
0: I mean, I don't know. Who are you? Who are you? Who am I?
1: In a shake and bake. Who who are Uh, you? Who am I? I'm Will Ferrell. No way. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am. No, I'm Will Ferrell.
0: That's not even close.
1: You're John C. Riley. Actually, actually, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you in that one. I'll give it to you in in Talladega Nights. I'll give that one to you.
0: I lose my way often, and it is up to you to be there to support me and provide me the slingshot (laughs) slingshot to (laughs) to get me to my victories that I hold dear in my own personal life.
1: Listen, if you're not first, you're last.
0: Hey, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Shake and bake, baby.
0: Every time. Shake and bake.
1: Get back to Brita <laughs> and Utrid. Get back. I don't even know where we were.
0: We have spent all of episode three talking about Utrid and Brita. And those two have decided to go their own separate ways. And Brita's off with Ragnar now. And Utrid is left with the better of the deal in Leofridge. I'm just saying it.
1: It's a different kind of deal. But yeah. He and Lawrence are about to embark on a dear friendship. I get it.
0: We are not about to embark on a dear friendship. But seriously, can we talk about this for just one second? Like I know we get off on tangents a lot in this, but I mean that's just kind of how we've spent the better part of a decade. But seriously, like how did we get to this point right here?
1: Why do you keep asking me this question? Like, what do you mean? How do we get to this point? Like, what are you talking about? Like this podcast?
0: Yes, I am talking about this podcast right here, right now. Our family members think that we hate each other. We've spent the better part of a decade sending group texts with our family, telling them how much we hate each other. Like, I truly enjoy
1: finding- <laughs> I don't know that they're interpreting anything like they're misinterpreting. They're just pretty much taking the facts. They're taking the evidence that's given to them via text message and just translating that into, oh yeah, these two people hate each other.
0: Do you understand how much joy I get in finding a gift that matches perfectly for how the conversation is flowing
1: do you have any idea how much time I spend finding the perfect gift that will be the perfect burn towards you? You're <laughs> a terrible at group? them,
0: by the way. Like, <gasps> I'm just gonna tell you, like, this is the time where we need to have this discussion. Like, I'm just gonna stop right there before the podcast fails because you've got to work on that. Wow, there are certain things that you are good at: cooter board creation, artistic
1: talent. I pride myself on my ability to produce the perfect gift at the perfect time higher than almost anything else in life. So you are cutting me to my core right now, Jason. Well,
0: all I'm saying is, is that you have been sending a lot that are repeating, and that's not a sign of someone with talent or that cares.
1: I couldn't disagree with you more. If ever I send a repeated gift. Then it is intentional and it's like a play on words. It's like I'm being intentional and witty in my repeated gif. It's not laziness, it's that I'm choosing to repeat that gif. So you've missed that. You've missed the wit and sarcasm that comes with a repeated gif.
0: But I've already seen that. It's not like you have a specific catchphrase that you are using. If there was a catchphrase, sure. Like, you know how we end every podcast with destiny is all like that's a catchphrase like that should be repeated.
1: I'm just saying that likely if there is a repeated GIF, there is either a verbal or an acting repeated phrase or scenario that I am intentionally repeated. I feel better about this now because now I'm realizing that I have to dumb stuff down for you. Okay. I'm, I'm with you now. I got it. I got it.
0: I will take this time to do much as you asked me to do before, pay closer attention to hair, and then pay closer attention to repeated gifts. I will do those two things.
1: I appreciate from that. this
0: point forward. I
1: appreciate that. And you're not getting out of the hair conversation for this upcoming episode either, because we meet somebody whose hair is worth talking about.
0: We will definitely get into that because I hate to say it, but that's one of the stupid things that I have now begun to look for when I meet a new character. So thanks a lot for that. Episode four. Utrid's wedding.
1: Yeah. Uhtred gets married. I don't approve of this marriage. That was pretty quick, wasn't it? Well, yes, it was. It was pretty quick. But also, you have to consider that the whole reason for the marriage was a bribe where he was ultimately still after what he wanted, which was to be seen as an elder man, to be for land and for, well, whatever he's after. So it's a means to get what he wants. So, I mean, who cares? Is it in a week or is it in a year? It doesn't matter. It's just selfish motivation that he's after it.
0: And he says right away, he's like, she'll serve her purpose. Like there is right. there is no affection or anything like that. Even Leo Fritsch, he's just, listen, this is what it is. There's a reason why you're doing this. But before we get there, I'm going to go ahead and throw in another side note. Today is the episode where Jason gives all the side notes. Speaking of weddings, can we focus on this because just for a couple minutes, because I can't focus on anything more than two or three minutes at a time anyway, but I never was able to attend your wedding. However, you attended mine and Liz's. And can we talk a little bit about the greatest photo ever taken that is currently in my wedding album with you and Kevin
1: Stop talking, stop talking, what are you? It is a
0: half dip where you seem to be almost as like you're posing for a picture. You are in a half dip, but Kevin isn't quite sure whether or not he should be dipping as well <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then your eyes look as if you may not understand exactly what's happening at the time. <laughs> And Kevin is worried that he might drop you. And it was also probably the shortest I have ever seen your hair, period. Do you remember you used to have a bob?
1: (laughs) Hold on. You can't call it a bob. It was not. (laughs) I do. I will confess that after I got married, I kind of went through a phase.
0: It was like you wanted to be taken seriously as an educator. <laughs> what yeah. screams professional and yet simplistic?
1: I was so naive. I just didn't know that I could own the long locks and still have a brain. But I didn't, I didn't know. So I, I did. I cut all the hair off. It wasn't good. And in fact, I also think it was really dark at your wedding.
0: It was.
1: And I think we all wore black. Am I right, or am I right?
0: That I don't know. I was too busy focusing on Liz and her beauty, so I didn't notice.
1: That was really. That sweet. Was very,
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, come yeah, on I think now. we all.
1: I think we all wore black. Your wedding was a great. That was a great wedding. I that did most fun. of it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: did you know?
1: I, I did. I did the flowers. I picked all the music.
0: I can't wait for your family to hear this episode.
1: I did not sing.
0: You would have if we let you.
1: <laughs> no, but I did. One of my sort of sisters did sing at the wedding. So I got
0: you were a little jealous too, col- weren't you? I
1: put that in the column. No, I put that in the column of what I brought to the table.
0: Correct. <laughs> I can't quite do this, but I know someone that can.
1: And she was great. But weddings, listen, can we just cut to the chase? I don't like Mildred. I'm going to say it. I don't care what you say. I do not like Mildred. I did like her from the beginning at first. I thought, oh, well, she's kind of, she's cute. And I don't even mean cute in like a physical. I'm like, she's sweet. She is.
0: Here's what I will say. First impression. Star she, looked, Wars. she looked like a Star Wars villain. Were you going
1: to
0: say
1: that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't figure out which one it is i'm like why is she showing up like a character from star wars she what's going does. on well, it was
0: the thing across her face
1: well obviously but i don't know what character i think but as soon as she i'm like i don't think that's real i don't think they did that back then like they might have veiled the face of the bride i get that part but the whole black like star wars villain mask and no no
0: I mean, that was the first thing that I noticed.
1: I don't like her. I don't. And I don't know if it's just I'm on a roll and I'm in a mood. I don't know. But I used to kind of maybe take her side a little bit, but I don't like her.
0: When the veil is raised, we have a brand new character. Describe the wedding hair. Go.
1: Oh, I can do that. It's long. Her hair is a reddish brown. She has a blue ribbon weaving in and out around that kind of frames her hairline. And she has a very innocent, Leifrich actually describes her as plain, but I would disagree. She's lovely. And Uhtred notices that she's lovely. And he kind of perks up a little bit when he sees that this is going to be his wife that he's never seen.
0: Here's what I noticed. The weave that was in her hair, like how it went in and out of that little band.
1: I just said that. That's what I just said.
0: I understand. But the only thing that I noticed was that it was asymmetrical. Like it threw me off. Like her hair went through like a third on one side and then like halfway on the other. There was no symmetry and it stressed me out.
1: I think you're absolutely full of it. I think I would have noticed. First of all, if it was asymmetrical, it was probably intentional and it probably was purposed to kind of lend itself towards the, I'm not trying, trying kind of thing. However, I don't even remember that.
0: It's the only thing, I don't know anything else about it other than that, because if there isn't symmetry, it stresses me out beyond belief. I truly have issues when it comes to that. Like I'm sitting here talking right now and I have to slide over every once in a while if I'm not centered in front of my screen.
1: Are you serious? Absolutely. That doesn't make any sense. I don't feel like that follows with other things in your personality.
0: I know, I try and hide a lot of things. Do you know the number of things that I have learned about myself just by talking to you through this podcast? Oh. We're not going to get into them, but I mean, it's eye-opening for me personally.
1: I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a compliment towards me somehow indirectly. Let me ask you this. Do you remember anything about Brita's hair from this episode?
0: No. It was all the way down. There was no braids or anything in it.
1: Nope. It was segmented and she had rows that were kind of twisted back and she had a red ribbon coiled around each row going back as opposed to Mildred that had the satin blue ribbon that weaved around her hairline. You're welcome. Do you think that means anything? All right. So (laughs) moving on. Moving on. Uhtred gets married. To Mildred.
0: That's it. All you need to know is that he gets married. He owes a lot of money.
1: No, 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 no. no. Uhtred does not owe a lot of money. Who owes a lot of money?
0: Mildred does.
1: Right. Who could forgive the debt that is an unfair debt to begin with and that it was something that was her father's?
0: Alfred could. I feel like I'm doing really well on this. This is like Jeopardy. Let's do some more.
1: That was all I had. Alfred's the worst. Mildred is a close second. And now Uhtred owes a whole lot of money because Alfred. But that's what I'm has- saying. Like
0: he owes it now. And this is kind of where you start to see that sense of loyalty from Utrid is that once he's married, like he has no loyalty to her. He has no idea who she is until that very day. But the moment that he makes this vow to her, he now takes on all of her responsibilities. Young Ada is supposed to give her 33 pieces of silver. He finds out he only gives her 18. And so what does Uhtred do? He goes and gets her the rest. Not because it's for him, but because he knows it's right for her. This is the episode where you really start to see that sense of loyalty and looking out for the people around him much more so than for himself. And I thought that was kind of the interesting thing to see.
1: I agree. And he is... He and his wife they don't have like right away they're kind of they've got a couple awkward interchanges
0: my favorite part at the beginning is when he just yells at her my name is Uhtred like just <laughs> I wish I could do that to Liz without fear of my own personal safety
1: what does she call what does she call him my lord or something is that yes, what is?
0: she says my lord and he's like my name is Uhtred and then he says Or you can call me Arsling, which is like either one works, but (laughs) don't call me like I was just that's my boy. That was good. But we've got Utrid now who owes so much to Alfred. And Alfred has decided that he's going to take Utrid. Well, Utrid sees a group of Danes crossing and he's decided that he's going to go tell Alfred. And Alfred gets all the information and then asks Leofritch. Is this right? Almost as if he didn't trust Uhtred or didn't want Uhtred to think that he trusted him. And Leofrich, of course, verifies what's going on, which leads us to a really cool scene with Alfred and Uhtred when they're talking about the broth and him craving meat and other things. Like I've watched these I watched these scenes and the only thing I can think of is I wonder how Amy's gonna break this down philosophically as far as religion.
1: Yeah, we don't have time for all that. But what does he call it? He says
0: Gruel. That's yes. what he
1: calls it. That's what he calls it. Yeah. Actually that was pretty good. That was a good interchange. Well, he was
0: trying to relate to him, it seemed like, is saying we all have our own burdens.
1: He was, but you know what I took away from that scene? I think it was the same one you're talking about, even more than that, is after Utrid, I want to say he kind of gives Alfred a tongue lashing a bit. Like he kind of gives him back a little bit of attitude. They have a back and forth. As he walks away and Bialca comes walking up, Alfred says he cannot be tamed. Yes, This is what Alfred says. And then Bialca says, but he can be trusted. That was so... Good, and it made me think of *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that doesn't make me think of that at all. How? Explain to me how.
1: Haslin, Haslin can't be tamed. He's wild. Don't you know that whole scene with the beaver, back to the otters, the river otter? <laughs>
0: I, th- I just assumed that it was directly relating to the trustworthy versus deceitful debate we've been having the past two episodes. but no. You know, hey. no.
1: It goes back to the whole, just because he's wild and he can't be tame doesn't mean he's not good. Mm. I think that's what the beaver says. I'll have to go back and look. He says, this is a really famous quote. And first of all, I'm embarrassed that I can't think of it, but I'm even more embarrassed that you don't know it.
0: So that wasn't really one of the movie trilogies or... That was not high on my priority list of things to watch. So that's probably why I don't know.
1: You and your pagan heathen self needs to invest a little bit of time in some CS Lewis because it's gonna change your world. What is wrong with you? What do you mean you haven't I don't even mean the movies. You gotta read the books. Come on, Jason. Read
0: a lot. Like that's not who I am.
1: Let's get through this. We've got the wedding with the wretch. Then in come the Danes. And they're trying to take back over. I mean, same old, same old, right? Uhtred sees it. Leia Fritsch confirms it. They're going to go. Alfred decides we have to go deal with this situation.
0: It was kind of interesting to see the dynamic between the two and that you get the Saxon camp, and then you cut directly over to the Dane camp with Guthrum and young Ragnar and Breda, And they just, they just handle everything so differently. You have another negotiation situation, but I mean, so much stuff that goes on. The coolest part was the idea of transferring prisoners.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So Actually, you're right. Let's talk about that because they they come to this negotiation. Alfred gives the Danes a month to get out, but the Danes know that really they're kind of waiting to see if other men are going to arrive to help them. So they've got this month of holding, and then they both agree, you're going to give us 10 hostages, we're going to give you 10 hostages, and then at the end of this truce, everybody can have their people back.
0: It was kind of interesting because right before all of this stuff started, Alfred calls over another priest, Father Selbix, I believe. And you can kind of see Alfred like, what in the world is this dude doing? Why is he calling him? But you then find out later on that the reason why he was calling him was because he was sending him off to be a prisoner and hopefully preaching the word to Guthrum.
1: Don't forget, hello, everybody. Don't forget, Guthrum is the one who's asking all kinds of questions about Christianity. And Alfred has gotten word of that. In fact, Jason, did you notice that when we first see Guthrum in this episode, he is sitting by himself and he's holding a cross and he's like contemplating. Yeah. Did you notice that? I did. So we're still playing on that same thing. Alfred's gotten word of this. And now he's going to one of the hostages that he sends over to their camp is going to be this priest. And he said, go tell him, go tell him about our God.
0: Just to see the the conversation and the dynamic between those two was kind of the part where you think, okay, well, maybe we'll get a resolution through this. And Alfred actually knew what in the world he was doing.
1: Do you remember when they were doing the The hostages were walking past one another to go to the other camp. <laughs> the priest says to the other, he goes, good evening. God bless you all. (laughs) He's he's just running his mouth. He talks. Whenever it gets awkward, he runs his mouth. I think this is why I love him. Yeah. (laughs) I identify with that.
0: Yeah. He can't stand awkward silences at all. He needs to make sure that he says something. But then you see that young Ragnar and Brita are there and they're all reunited. Uhtred has been sent over as a prisoner just to get information and to sneak away Alfred, once again, using him. And in his mind, it's if he can't get the information, then he'll just die and then he doesn't have to worry about anything.
1: He keeps asking so much of Uhtred. I mean, he just continues to like dig himself in a grave of my loathing.
0: (laughs) But if you remember, he did say, if you die while you're over there, then the debt that your wife will have will be gone. So...
1: Yeah, I don't think that means anything.
0: I, I know, but to Uhtred... It's like, okay, this will be one less thing that I I have to have somebody else worry about.
1: But you know what? I feel like the only reason he said that is because Mildred, the plain wife that he's married off, is the goddaughter of Otter, the elder, who's a Saxon. And that's kind of his guy. Like Again, he's just using him.
0: It's also weird that young Otter, or Otter the boy, as Hootred calls him, is so enamored with her. I get that, like, godchildren aren't related, but still.
1: To Mildred's credit, she doesn't ever seem to really care much about that. But, yeah, he's... In fact, in the beginning, he tries to pay Uhtred off to to walk away and not marry. Correct. Gosh, he's a weasel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not a cool dude.
1: He's worse than Alfred. I mean... Maybe, spoiler alert, it's because he doesn't stick around long enough for us to really talk about him more, but ugh, I hated his character.
0: We've got Utred and Ragnar and Brita back together again. Got the gang back trying to fix all that needs to be fixed. But the interesting part is that they're out there having a great time, but more often than not, when there's a little bit of alcohol involved, the truth (laughs) shall set you free. And you hear Ragnar tell Uhtred flat out, you shouldn't have kept your vow. You should have come to me. Like that's truly what he was feeling. So all of the good stuff that you were feeling. I remember that part. I know. And that was kind of the part that stood out to me is that you have all of these great feelings about Ragnar about how he has this sense of loyalty. But the moment that he has had a little too much to drink, like he tells him straight out, like you should have been with me.
1: I think it's just, that's just Ragnar's, emotions coming out. I don't know that he really believes that, but he loves Uhtred. He's his brother and he wants for them to be the Saxon murdery Danes that he had always hoped they would be. And
0: part of it too, is that he knows that if something bad happens, something could happen to Uhtred. So he doesn't like the fact that he's in this situation.
1: Do you know what I remember from that interchange? It's about Brita.
0: I was going to say, is it about Brita?
1: I haven't given up on Brita yet. Brita is, you can see, she's visibly shaken and she's sad when she finds out that Uhtred is married. And then Uhtred asks her, and I did not catch this until this past time watching it, if she and Ragnar are married. I'm not positive that that's the term he used, but I think that's what he said. Are you married? And she said, I'm with him. So obviously not. And then he said, and then Utra tells her that she's expecting his child, and that's the whole another issue for poor Brita. Like that was really sad. That was really sad.
0: It almost seemed as if they were just like you see your your best friend that you haven't seen in a long time, and this is very much a male thing, I think. But they're almost like they're comparing life stories. Like, whoa, so you have three kids? Oh, great, I have four. You know, like just constantly comparing.
1: I'm glad you brought this up. I would like to inform anyone listening.
0: Please (laughs) let someone be listening. Of
1: the reality that is Jason forever, forever just living in my shadow. It's kind of sad actually. I have a daughter. He's got to go and have a daughter immediately. I have another daughter and then Jason has to go and have another daughter. And then I decide, listen, Kevin and I, we're going to wait a while. So then we wait a couple years. Jason's like, oh yeah, Liz and I, we we're going to wait a while too. And then I get pregnant with a son. And then within, I don't know what, five seconds, Jason and Liz are going to have a son. So I get this, Jason. I understand how you identify with this character. I
0: am <laughs> I <can't>. going <laughs> I cannot. to just... There really isn't an argument to that because to an untrained eye, that's what it's going to seem. Here's what I know. So that's I am, what we
1: have going on that, with that's Rita what, and Uhtred.
0: That's right. That's, exa- that's exactly what we have going on. At this point right now, Like I feel like that I have stood in your shadow long enough. I'm not even going to click that because that's not like I am defeated.
1: Being an underdog is always a place you want to be.
0: Hey, listen, set the bar really low that way you can always jump over.
1: No, the underdog is always going to win. You're in a good place. What else from their encounter?
0: Uhtred is not in a good place and then finally Abba shows up. Guthrum gets word that Abba's here and he's brought all of his ships.
1: This is good news for the Danes, yeah. Right. And
0: while he's talking with the priest, who you you like you said, you you think that he's making some headway and then you don't say it. he finds out you don't say it. I won't. But Uhtred then finds out and you have this huge fight and for lack of a better description, he's done. They're all extremely outnumbered and Ragnar comes in and saves them.
1: All the hostages are killed. Yeah. Yeah. All in, including our father.
0: Yes. And when Ragnar comes in and saves them, he knows both of them know, really inclu- all three of them that this is pretty much where they're going to have to separate for a while. So that's where we end the episode. Utrud has run away. Guthrum has allowed it, of course.
1: Only because of Ragnar and Brita. And also you ha- you can't just like skip over that scene. I mean, it comes and goes, but it's it's kind of heart wrenching. Like they Ragnar jumps in, he keeps Guthrum from killing Utrud. All the other hostages have been killed. He keeps him from killing his brother. And then Utrud, he says, I don't even have words. I don't even know. I mean, there's just no words. Like, he and Brida intervened. They said, you're going to have to kill us if you're going to kill him. You're going to have to go through us.
0: I don't know if Brita said that, though. She was just kind of standing there because it was her man.
1: Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She was right there. She was right there next to Ragnar. Are you serious? You don't...
0: <laughs> I don't like Brita.
1: I don't know that she said it. She was standing right there.
0: She was standing next to him, but I just... This is the beginning of the end for Brita for me.
1: I I know, but just don't rush it. Just don't let her be her for a while. They hug. They have a moment. There's tears, and then he leaves. And this is where the episode ends. And it's kind of a big deal because this is the launching place to everything else. Uhtred goes and lights the signal, telling Alfred that the rest of the Danes are here, and you better get ready. So he's saved by his. Dane brother, he gets out and escapes, and then he goes and lets the Saxon king, he gives him a heads up.
0: Yep. I mean, it almost feels as if this is finally him making a choice as far as this is who I'm going to be. It looks like it's going to be Utrud of Beppenburg.
1: We keep thinking he's making the choice, but I think you're right. I think episode four was pivotal because he was saved once again by his Dane family. And yet when he escaped and left, he gave a signal to the Saxons against the Danes.
0: It was his moment to choose. He could have run away and just had done what Brita had talked about in episode two was just, you know, find a new person to serve. But he's made the decision now. He's going to be on Alfred's side and he's going to join the Saxons.
1: We get to the end of episode four and now we're hooked and we're in, but yes or no, do we get to talk about Finnin yet?
0: No, but we get to talk even more about Leofritz more and more. And please make it be known that it is our job for the rest of this season to protect Leofritz at all costs. Deal?
1: I do love Leofritz. I'll give it to you. But when season two starts, it's all finnin. That's fine. Every episode, it's all fin-in. But before we even get there, villain and hero.
0: Villain and hero. So here we are, end of episode four. Episode three, if we just look back real quick, our heroes, we both agreed that Brita was our hero for episode three. Actually, Once this again, has
1: happened a couple of times.
0: We're going to see how this week goes, because this is the one thing where we try not to let each other know.
1: Like minds, Jason. Like mines.
0: Your villain last week was Ayleswith, which isn't a bad one. Ugh. But I picked Alfred as well for the second week in a row. Just he's he's not my favorite at all. Like he's just the worst.
1: I'm gonna have to eat a lot of words at some point when we get to when I actually like That's
0: Alfred. Right. And
1: we are gonna get there, but gosh, right now he's awful.
0: All right, yours. All right, so my villain this week. I think that it started awkward with people bathing, then it carried on to being even more awkward with people watching and then not paying what they were supposed to pay. Young Otta is my villain this week. He was awful. I'm just going to leave it at that. He was terrible.
1: He's so bad, so many times, but I almost don't even want to give him the credit of calling him a villain. You know what I'm saying?
0: There's nothing redeeming about him. Like, he's like, I know we say hero and villain, but like, it's almost like, who did I like the least? And that would be who it is.
1: Okay. If that's the definition, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'm going with Alfred again this week. Okay. And here's why his character and his role is so much more important. And I feel like the more important the character and the role is, the more pivotal which way they're going to go becomes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you got a lot riding on your decisions, Alfred. And you just keep being a jerk. And it's not always that his decisions are necessarily all that bad. But he's so ruthless with Uhtred. It's just so – I cannot do it. So, yeah, I'm with you with young Otter. Yeah.
0: That's where the villainous – comes from is that it's directly attacking Utred. And anyone that attacks Utred, that's kind of <laughs> not kosher in our book.
1: It's really not. And the way he handles that marriage debt and, oh, that's just icky. Yeah. He's he's my villain. Okay. Right. I don't disagree with yours. I just think mine's right.
0: Who is your hero of the week?
1: I mean, do I have to go first? Because I'm, I'm torn. You want to hear mine? Yeah.
0: So, I feel like I always give mine first, but that's okay. It's nice to be able to go second, but, you know, whatever. That's who I am.
1: It's not going to change what I say.
0: I feel like it might, because I feel like you're searching.
1: It's not. It's just going to change the way I explain mine, maybe. So,
0: So, my hero of episode four, and it might be my hero for, like, the next two or three episodes, only because this person brings me joy just watching them. And that's going to be Leo Fritch. That dude is the best. Maybe this is why I told you that episode four, it starts to get better because anybody that just yells out Lord Arsling, like doesn't even call him Uhtred. He's never called him Uhtred yet. He has only called him Arsling. And if you're going to be that committed to a name, hey, more power to you, buddy.
1: You know what I really get on the Leifrich train with you is once he starts interacting later in this season when he starts interacting with Ethelwald. Yes. I super, super love Leifrich and his non-putting up with the garbage of Ethelwald. Yeah. For this episode, I'm just going to tell you who I'm torn between. I'm torn between Father Selbix because he's... Fantastic. He's funny. He's real. He's a man of faith. And at the same time, he's not afraid to be honest and just say, I'm kind of afraid about this and then go barf in the woods. Right. Do you remember that scene? (laughs) I do. And in the end, he's trustworthy to what he was supposed to do. He's presenting the gospel. He's doing it actually, props to him, in a better way than I've seen anybody else in this entire series do. He's doing a great job. And then he takes a knife to the gut and Guthrum kills him. He's like, come on. So he's kind of, I'm torn between him as my hero and a joint hero. You've got like four? I know. With Ragnar and Brita. Like I want them to be able to be one team. Like give Brita something. Let her be on Ragnar's team. So I can't decide.
0: Here's what I'm going to say to you. You're not going to have another chance to pick Father Selbix, but you will probably have another chance to pick one of those two.
1: I appreciate the wisdom in the likeness of Leia that you are bringing That's right, right now. And I am going to follow what you are saying. Father Selbix is my hero from this All episode. Right. Rest in peace.
0: You too, much like Uhtred, can be easily swayed.
1: I really did. I really did love him. I really did. He was great. And I'm surprised you didn't appreciate his humor more.
0: I did like him. There wasn't anything that I didn't like about him. I just, I mean, if we're com- if we're going to go between Father Selbix and Leofridge, I have a hill that I'm going to stand on until the very end. And it's not with Father Selbix. Let's just say that.
1: You keep standing on that hill, but it's not going to last that much Ugh. longer.
0: Spoiler alert. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> episode four in the books. Halfway through.
1: Oh, I know. I keep thinking there's 10 episodes per season, but there's not this first one. We only get eight. So we're halfway through.
0: I know. Amy, seriously, though, if we keep going at this rate, like I have to go back to school at some point and teach, even though I'm going to be teaching virtually, like I'm going to have to get back to work. Like, we have to slow down a little bit. Like, we've been powering through these things pretty fast.
1: Yeah, but we do it in, like, the middle of the night. It's fine.
0: Also true. That's probably when I'm going to need to grade papers and things. Mm.
1: Yeah, I ain't got time for that. But if you don't have to be in the classroom, why don't you, Liz, and the kids, y'all just come here. You can do everything virtually. We can do the podcast face-to-face in the middle of the night. And in the evening, you can do the homework with my kids. It's done. Done. Agreed.
0: Hey, um, hey
1: Jason. Hey Jason, we've already agreed we're moving on because that is your destiny and what do we say after every episode?
0: Hey Amy, destiny is all